0: yo what is up everybody welcome back to the Eighty Twenty series
1: new episodes released every monday at 8 20
0: a.m i'm your host jeremy and i'm daniel and on this podcast
1: we like to break down what we call the 20 factor the motivation that drives a person to do what they love to do all right welcome back to the Eighty Twenty series today we have a very special guest he's a friend but he's also uh my tattoo artist on uh, Instagram, he goes by the name of Chris Crooked. I don't think I actually know your <laughs> last name, Chris. <laughs> uh, my name is Christopher Lee. Christopher yeah, Lee. Yeah, that's my full name. But um, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, he's a tattoo artist, very talented. And it's interesting because if you haven't got a tattoo, the first thing you do is you sit down with an artist and you end up spending a lot of time with them, right? For hours as you get work done. And in the process, you learn a lot about the other person because you share a lot of stories, you share a lot of their background and how they got to where they are. And The reason why I wanted to reach out to Chris is because during my sessions, we got into all of that and he had an incredible story. And so I linked up with Jeremy and I was like, bro, we got to get Chris on. And so we're here right now. So without further ado, you know, I want to welcome Chris
0: Lee on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us. So before we dive into this, I just want to preface this by saying we don't have visuals right now, but if you could see Daniel has this amazing sleeve going down his arm, like a bunch of tats. And then. I have recognized that artwork working with uh, another influencer at the time, Fam Flex, and I've just seen it everywhere. But for me, this is like surreal to see like, dude, this is the guy behind all the work. This is the guy (laughs) behind the pieces. We got him today. Chris, what is up, up, man? man?
2: What's up, bro? It's a nice uh, Saturday morning. (laughs) Beautiful day.
0: I guess if we're going right into this how did you get started like did you grow up and just decided like one day in your head like as a kid like yo I'm gonna be a tattoo artist so well, I, yeah I'll,
2: I'll give you kind of the the extent of, of my story but you know as a kid I, I used to uh, really like drawing uh, my mother she she was actually a really good artist um she she painted that painting oh wow no the old way. man that you see yeah but she was very talented and I think maybe I I, I got my talents from her. Hmm um but yeah I mean as a kid I used to love drawing doodling even like I took like little like art classes um I never like followed through with it because um as I got older you know I just started hanging out with my friends and you know just doing stupid you know getting in trouble so Mm -hmm. like my focus was not on art my focus was on just being a little like troubled kid you know right so yeah I mean throughout like you know junior high high school and you know i i just kind of swayed like straight away from it Uh Um, even all throughout like my early 20s or whatnot but um so what had happened was um you know when i was in my early 20s i had caught a case and i was i was looking at you know doing some prison time so i had fought this case for like four years and you know they were trying to give me like a long time right right. so that's why i was i was i hired a lawyer i was fighting it for so long anyways but at the end of the whole case i i ended up um you know signing a two-year deal okay so they gave me two years prison time wow uh once i got locked up you know it was it was my first offense so um I found out I, w- I was going to do half of the time. So I ended up doing a year in prison. But that's mm-hmm. actually where, um you know, my journey with tattooing started. Damn. Right. Um Wait, really quick. Yeah.
0: Oh, I was going to say, like, how old were you at that time?
2: Um So when I got locked up, I was, I believe I was like 25, 26, 25, 26. I had mm-hmm. caught the case when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I believe I was 21. But it was just yeah. a long process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um yeah i mean it 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 sucked but you know it's uh, it was a blessing in disguise right so yeah i mean when i got um so it was like a little journey so like when i got locked up um i was in county jail for like the first like like month i was waiting for like them to transfer me to a prison you know so they were just holding me in in um in county but i remember man when i first when i first got in there bro um I was, you know, it was my first time doing time, and I was, I was, you know, like stressed out. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with my time. I was, I was working. Everyone works out there, so you right. know, I was working out. But you still have the whole day, and um, I did try. There's a lot of like books in there that that are like like cycled around, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. people give them to each other or whatnot. Right. So I tried reading, but I I hate reading. <laughs> I, I I was never a good reader. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't even to this day I can't sit down and read a book. But, um, you know, I did read, like, a couple small books, but then it wasn't really doing it for me. So, you know, I I, I wrote a letter to my brother, and I asked him, you know, if there's any chance he can send me, like, a sketchbook or something to draw on, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, he ended up sending, like, these two small sketchbooks. um, And then right when I got that, I just... You know, I just got like a regular like number two pencil. Yeah, and I, I just started drawing. You know, I just started drawing again. And before that, I haven't drew for a very long time. Right. You know, but um, yeah. So I was I was drawing and I was just like really like um, how do you say like consumed in it. Right. You know. Yeah. So I was just doing that like throughout the whole time when I was in county, and once I. Transferred to prison, same thing. Like uh, when I went to prison, I was first in something called a reception, where they um, keep you there. It's, it's kind of like like a little holding period uh-huh. um, that they house you at, and then they kind of uh, categorize you and and they kind of place you where where they think you should go mm-hmm. to at, at the final like prison that you're gonna stay at. Right. So I was there for a couple months and. I was in a uh, two man cell. It was twenty four lockdown, yeah. like all day, every day. Damn. Every time we got any type of like freedom, like something would happen, and you know they would lock us all uh, down again. Oh, and man. so it, it was just basically, you know, just imagine being in two man cell right. for like all day, yeah. every day. You know. Damn. But anyways, um, yeah, my program in there, you know, I was I was basically um working out like. Every every morning, I would I would work out, and then um, you know I would I would eat lunch. Oh, it's breakfast, like really early in the morning. Yeah, could
1: you walk us through like a typical
0: schedule? Okay, so basically,
2: um, you wake up like you're supposed to wake up very early. It's kind of like military, right? Okay. Um, so they they feed you uh breakfast, you know, at like six o'clock in the morning, maybe okay. sometimes earlier, mm-hmm. and um in in that um specific prison. Because we're on lockdown, um, locked up in our cell like 24 hours, they feed us in the cell. Uh-huh. So they basically bring us the food um, to every cell and they put it right outside of your door and gotcha. then they let you grab it, you know, and then you eat it. But anyways, so um, in the morning, you know, they feed us breakfast. And then um, after that, like, you know, we just started there. There's there's kind of no point. Like there's a lot of different types of people in prison. Right. You know, there's people that I've, I've, I've seen that are like lazy. They'll sleep all day, whatever. But you know for me like i was i'm not really like that i was i, I couldn't like just sleep all day or like eat breakfast and then go to sleep mm-hmm. so me and my um me and my cellie, my, my cellmate um we had a program where like after breakfast um we would work out mm-hmm. you know like we would digest a little bit and then we would work out we would work out for like a good like couple hours you know and um we would just be doing like burpees or pushups and you know just like yeah, kind of workouts like that all,
1: and all in your cell right all in our cell and, and it's a
2: fucking small cell yeah. <laughs> um, I mean I, I I can't really tell you the, the dimensions of it right. but it was literally um, just two bunks and um, a little desk at, at a little small window <laughs> that you can't Damn. really see anything <gasps> Oh my and then everything was like concrete um, yeah. concrete walls it's, it's right. just like Concrete walls and um, a little shelf, and there's just this little strip in between, like the bed and then the shelf or whatever. Just like this really little strip where like one person can fit and do, do pushups. <laughs> oh, so we would like switch off, you know. Damn. Yeah. And then there was a, a a bathroom. There there was like a toilet. It's all open. It was like right, a toilet right. in the sink, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so we would just um, do our workouts and switch off. We would just alternate, alternate. But yeah, after that, after our workout um we would you know we get commissary so we get we get to get things like you know like like ramen noodle soups and Mm, um just like snacks or or whatever it's like if you go to like a liquor store you know you get like stuff like that so they allow you to get that so we got commissary so we would um you know we would make lunch they usually uh when you get your breakfast they give you a sack lunch they give right after they give you like a brown bag with like just a very basic like you get, like, a like couple pieces of bread, a fucking a bologna, like, right. you know, just, like, an apple, like, like yeah. shit that's yeah. very basic. You yeah, know? yeah. So, we would eat that, and then um, we would eat, like, our com- commissary. We would, we would make spread. And um, spread, I don't know if you guys know what spread is, but it's, um, basically, it's, like, gel food. And um, it's basically, you know, like, top ramen. Mm, you get yeah. top ramen, and then, um, you know, you put it in, in a plastic bag. And then you put. You're supposed to put hot water. Like y- you could put any ingredient you want. Like you know, you put the flavoring. You could crush up some chips, put it in. You could cut up, you know, your bologna from the sack lunch, put it in. You could put cor- uh, pork grinds, whatever. Like y- you right. could get very creative with it. This basically just a gang of calories and carbs, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But you're supposed to like put like a little bit of hot water in it. Mm-hmm. Um, not like as if you're making a soup, but just like enough to where um, like you blow up the noodles, right? Mm, okay. So the noodles get blown up and it becomes kind of like this like mush, right? Osh. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, but you know, at the time when I was in prison, it, it was, um, we didn't have hot water. We, the only source of water we had was from our sink. Uh, so yeah. the hottest it got was like lukewarm. Like <laughs> no, it <laughs> yeah. was lukewarm. lukewarm you know? So we would like, make these little like meals and um we would fill it in with the lukewarm water and we would literally have to make it like we would let it sit for a while because it takes a while when the water's lukewarm it takes a while for it to like cook do anything you know (laughs) if you have hot water it's instant Yeah. yeah it's pretty instant but yeah lukewarm water you have to wait a little while so you know we would just eat lunch and then after that i would just start drawing you know i would just draw all day just draw like Whatever, like I could think of, like little designs. Like I remember, I was drawing like koi fish, more like Asian, Asian. stuff, like koi mm-hmm. fish, koi fishes. Like I don't know, just like I would try to practice like writing and you know, just trying to like really like um what is a hone hone my craft is that yeah. The, like, yeah, yeah yeah hone my hone my craft and um yeah man as I started doing that I started progressing a lot you know because I was putting a lot of time into it right. I know I'm not I'm not going through the whole day anymore <laughs> but um if you want to know the whole day yeah i I mean i would i would draw all day and then um until uh it's it's child time so until like dinner which they serve pretty early too Mm -hmm. you know they serve like five six o'clock and then um we would eat that and then after i would i would draw again and then you know at that time i was not really a religious person but i was trying to get like pretty you know like have some kind of like connection with god yeah like some faith so i tried i started reading the bible and after dinner, like that whole nighttime, I would just draw a little bit, try to read the Bible and just like talk with my, my uh, cellmate and whatever. And then, yeah, basically, that's our day. Like we would go to sleep at like 10 o'clock. Right. And then same thing like the next day. Every, everything is just very repetitive. Very, It's just a program, you know, that you're on. Yeah. yeah but um, anyways, after that experience in reception, I was transferred to um, Chino State Prison and over there i was actually housed in a dorm it was like a hundred man dorm and i was still drawing throughout this whole time Mm -hmm. and um once i got there you know i like when you go to like the final destination like where your prison's at you get a lot more like um like not you get a little more privileges but you get a lot more like a lot more things are available to you right right you know so like when i got there you know i'm able to get like actual like drawing paper i could get like different pencils whatever like erasers like you know we made our little like um we made these little like tools where you can like kind of like like smear on the paper to you know like when you shade Mm -hmm. you're kind of smoothing things out yeah yeah stuff like that so so i got i had more supplies to draw and stuff so yeah in the beginning part when i was in chino i was drawing a lot there were guys that saw me drawing and you know, like, other artists, too, they would give me, like, you know, if I needed, like, pencils or whatever, they would just give them to me. They'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, just ha- have it. Like, I see you drawing, this and that. There's guys in there that were, you know, that knew how to tattoo also, and they are like, you know, they were kind of, like, um, not not pushing for it, but they were kind of, like, uplifting me. Like, you encouraging know? Like, you Yeah, encouraging you. me. You like, know. yeah, hey, you could tattoo, you know. So um, I first started... Um, you know, once a lot of inmates saw I was drawing, they came up to me and you know they started asking me to like draw them like tattoo patterns, um, you know, okay. so yeah. they could get it tattooed from their friends. Right? Their, tattooing is not allowed in prison, but tattooing happens in prison. <laughs> it's it's inevitable, <laughs> yeah. right? Like people know the the cops, the CEOs in there, they know. I mean, they kind of just turn a blind eye to it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Unless you're doing it like right in front of their face, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I started drawing like tattoo patterns for for guys and they would get it tattooed. And I started really uh, liking to draw uh, portraits. Okay. so I would draw like I think I first started drawing like portraits for like like my family, you know, my 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 mom or whatever would send me like pictures of our family and my cousins or whatever. So I would, you know, draw portraits, send it home. And other guys saw that too so you know they wanted portraits drawn so i would draw portraits for other guys and they would send it home and you know just, it was it was it was just like an ongoing thing with that but uh the guy i was bunked with over there is the guy who actually i should be thanking like he, he's the one that like kind of like started me off with mm-hmm. everything he was this um pretty old older um guamanian guy okay and um he was kind of like a big brother in there, you know, for me. And um, he barely had any. T- he had some small tattoos. Um, he didn't have a lot of tattoos. He had like island style, like tribal. Right. Like right. It. Yeah. But um, you know, he saw me drawing all the time, and he's been in and out of prison a lot, mm-hmm. you know, since he was young. And I think at that age, uh, at that time, he was like forty something. So he, he was oh, wow. he was getting pretty old, but he knew a lot of knowledge about like just prison life you know right so um he approached me one day and he he told me he's like hey you know like i could build you a tattoo machine like i know how uh-huh. to build a tattoo machine like you want a tattoo like yeah yeah can you like tattoo me like i have these tattoos um you know what do you think about like fixing this right right and this and that and i told him dude i've never tattooed <laughs> i've never tattooed <laughs> at all before yeah. but fuck if you want me to I, I will and he's like dude I think you could do it and I was yeah. like alright for sure so he built me a tattoo machine from scratch you know and it's crazy cause like just the type of stuff that you know people figure out to do and there's like fucking mind blowing you know yeah, people get very nuts, creative yeah. wait if you could just talk about that for a second like what
0: a tattoo machine so from a tattoo scratch. machine
2: you know you can make it like several different ways but you know the main thing is you need kind of like a rotor right like okay. like, like a motor um, yeah uh and, and people, you know, you can get that from like a disc man or like um, hair clippers or, damn, you know, anything damn. that has like a moving uh, rotor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Holy so shit. So we made, he made uh, mine through like a disc man. And there's like, if you break apart a disc man, there's like this little like disc looking like thing in the middle. Yeah. yeah. That has like this little, like, I don't know, this little tiny bar that protrudes through the top yeah suspense. suspense. Yeah. I mean, when
0: you say disc man you're talking about the CD player yeah right? CD player Holy this is a CD player yeah <laughs> I don't know if people know what a CD I player know, is now They could be like what is a disc yeah yeah but anyway so
2: we, you know we got that um, as our main rotor and then you know from there you kind of like you know you kind of improvise the machine like you use like a big pen you know we, we cut up like a big pen and use like the empty you know the the shell of it mm, or right, like right. kind of like um, I don't know how you call it like the the barrel or, or yeah, like the base, you, base cartridge you the base base like where you hold yeah you know yeah. like the, the handle where you hold yeah, right and then um you know you get the cap of the big pen and then you know the cap has that little like long thing so you bend it mm-hmm. right and you make it into like a gun shape right mm, right like, like an l shape yeah right yeah. right so with that little um that little skinny part right you bend that down and then you get the motor, and then you attach it and then you fasten you fasten it on you know like, f- like you either like tape it on yeah. or like you string and like you just fasten it on there what and then it creates like a little like it's like an l shape right yeah, It looks like yeah. a gun and then the um the other part of the cap you um you cut it open at the top so that it's it's um it's like you could stick something slide something through so that's where you slide through the um you know, the handle part of the right. you know, the pen. Yeah. What? And then um, the tip of the gun, you use um, the tip of the pen. Mm. But, um, of course, you take out the um, the ballpoint. Right, right. Yeah, you, you take out the little ballpoint. We used to um, get the little skinny ink part. You know, the little skinny tube where the ink yeah. goes in. Yeah. We used to flush that out. So it just becomes like a hollow, like a little hollow tube yeah. Yeah. in there. And then, yeah, that's where you stick the needle through. What and then the f- and then the needle you actually um the needle we made through uh guitar strings. You're allowed wow. to get uh you know, people have guitars in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's like Christian people or whatever that yeah. do like <laughs> service <laughs> sure. or praise. Yeah, so we get guitar strings and um I forgot which string it was, but it was one of the thicker ones that are that are like wrapped in coil. Yeah, yeah. So basically it wrapped it's wrapped in coil and there's like a, a wire that goes through it, like a uh-huh. really thin piece of uh yeah metal but yeah you unwrap the coil and then you get that little thin piece of metal and then you just you you grind it down on the concrete or if you have sandpaper you sand it down right and make it into a tip you know like holy a needle holy shit dude. so He's basically years like you, yeah, yeah. You use that as a needle and then for the power power source like i w- i was still not too like um knowledgeable about like the power source stuff but you know like some people use batteries we used an adapter Mm, you know okay. um the, the guy that made me the machine his name is Ben but Ben he somehow like kind of like rigged everything to where like you can put in a, like <gasps> wired it where like That's crazy you, um, you can put an adapter on it and then yeah it'll run oh my know? god wow so yeah. basically it's like a whole fucking crazy science too but anyways <laughs> <laughs> shit worked <laughs> yeah it, so, it worked but um you know so he made me my first machine through, like that and um you know, after I started tattooing him, I just like from no knowledge. Also, the ink, you know, at that time, we we were able to get, like, you could get ink from outside. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that smuggle right, right. it in or even the cops, you know, they'll, they'll bring it in and sell it. Yeah. The cops are crooked in there, yeah, too, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we use that. Uh, most of the times, I use that. Um, sometimes, we used um, homemade ink. Okay. So homemade ink is basically, you. there's different ways you can make it. But one way they made it in there was uh, basically you get, um, they give you razors in there, mm-hmm. like plastic razors. So you could shave like every few days or whatever. So basically when you get the razors, um, you, can, you can break down a razor and use that for a lot of things. So we always like took the blade out mm-hmm. to use the blade for like, you know anything like yeah. if we want to cut anything, even if we're making like food, yeah. like we would cut like <laughs> we would cut like our meat and vegetables yeah. with the fucking little razor. No, what the <laughs> Yeah, but then yeah. the plastic part of the razor, um, what you do is you 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 get like a bunch of them and you burn them, right? Mm, right. You find a way to burn them, and then you get like um, uh, like a brown paper bag, which we're... They give us because when we go to commissary, they, they put all our items in a brown, brown paper bag. But you get a brown paper bag and then, um, you know, you get you get a bunch of razors and then you figure out a way to burn them. And then when you burn them, you cover it with um, the brown paper bag mm-hmm. and you leave it there for like hours, you know, hours. And. Like, after everything burns, what you'll find is like under the brown paper uh, like when you lift up the brown paper bag, you'll see a lot of soot right mm-hmm. do you know what soot is it's it's like it's like black ash, you know? oh okay, I see okay. a lot yeah. of black ash that's collected uh-huh. on the brown paper bag inside, right, so what they would do is they would get that soot and they would scrape it all off, and then that's the that's your pigment, that's your color what? right there that's the black that's crazy. and then they would um mix it with oh, i wasn't really sure so i personally never made the ink but i've seen people make the ink right and then we would just like buy it off you then. were just the
1: artist right yeah yeah to you?
2: so um yeah so they would scrape the set off and then they would mix it with like i don't know, like like lotion or baby oil like mm-hmm. stuff like that and they would make ink out of it you know? that's crazy so that that's how they would make ink and um yeah so i i've used that kind of ink like a couple times but most of the time I used, real ink from outside mm-hmm. you know but yeah it was just a mission to do everything even like <laughs> to get gloves like we would have to get gloves from the kitchen you know like because they they have latex gloves right you yeah know? so we had to get gloves from the kitchen to to um to wipe you know over here we use like clean paper towel yeah right? yeah like in there we would use like a clean rag or a clean sock you know or or, or something and and you know, use that to wipe, um, for like ointment, we would use like fucking like Tres Flores, like fucking like hair wax or Damn, like, wow. you know, shit like that. And it was just, it was so, it's just like literally making like something for nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like it was, it was just a crazy process. But yeah, anyways, um, yeah. So I ended up tattooing, um, that, that homie Ben, um, I I fixed this little like Guangminian tattoo he had. And then from there, he was just kind of like hooked, you know. He was like, do more, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So he only had like two tattoos on him. And then by the time I was like finished with him, like we went through a whole process, but I tattooed like his whole like um, peck, like one side of his peck and half of his sleeve arm. But it was all like tribal Polynesian, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's an Islander. And then from there, I tattooed like, other guys other asian homies that were in there i tattooed like a handful of them after like i would do like i don't know just like little names or like gang names or like you know little design like nothing like too crazy you know Mm -hmm. but i I, that's where i was like you know i was getting introduced to that whole thing you know Mm -hmm. like um i've never done that before in my life and you know doing it was kind of exciting yeah it was kind of like I was having fun and it was helping my time go by you know and it was just giving me something to kind of look forward to you know in there you know right. i had like even though i was doing that in there i still didn't have any thought of doing it outside mm-hmm. you know i was just like mm-hmm. okay i'm
0: just doing this in here like all right let's just do that let's yeah, do this right. you know <laughs> so but yeah uh-huh oh, i was gonna say like in prison like i mean like you watch shows and movies and they depict like it, it's a it's a bad place and you know there's maybe someone out there to that's just trying to wrong you almost like do you ever feel like any of that you stuff know happened? Um,
2: to be honest bro i've never like the year i did bro i've never felt any threat yeah wow. wow that's um, crazy yeah and it it's you know of course like before i went in there too i i didn't know what to expect you know i was yeah, like yeah. fuck you know like like <laughs> am i gonna be fighting every day yeah. like <laughs> yeah. what, what am i gonna be doing you know yeah yeah um so there's a difference between jail and prison, uh, county jail and prison. But yeah, when I was in jail, um, it was a little bit more wild because mm-hmm. a lot of guys are in there for a short time. They're doing, you know, 30 days, 60 days, mm-hmm. few months, yeah. whatever, you know, and, and they go out and there's no real like structure in there. You know, okay. there's politics as far as like races and stuff right, like that. Right. There's no real structure and you know, there's no like real control. And, um, and if anything happens, it could highly be in there. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I was in there, um, there was a, a riot, you know, oh, wow. in the oh, dorm shit. that popped off. Yeah, yeah. But it was really quick. I mean, it's it, like right, right when it started, like it was shut down real quick by the mm-hmm. by the by the cops. You know, it was like yeah. literally like 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 a minute. You know. Yeah. But it's just like um, it just shows you like shit happens. Like everything that you see on media about like jail and prison. It's true. It's totally true. All of that happens. You know, it it could happen, but it's not on a regular like a daily basis. It's it's more rare than anything. And um, yeah, like in prison, the difference is that it's very controlled. It's very political Mm -hmm. with the inmates. The inmates pretty much like run everything. But the thing is what you find in prison is that um, people are there for a longer period of time. People are doing time there you know there's people doing you know i mean i was doing short time i was doing one year but there's people doing like five years 10 years 15 years coming off of like a 20 year sentence like right you know just and you know it's it's their home like people are living there so like you find more control in there and and people want to be comfortable where they live right you Mm -hmm. can't be just like any hothead in there it there everything's big on respect in there i think that's where i really like learn about respect because like over there like in you treat people with mutual respect people that you don't even know and Mm -hmm. you have to that's how it it goes because if you're being a disrespect for a hothead something's gonna happen to you right you know and not only is something's gonna happen to you like something can happen for your whole race you know between other races and then that's when you get a riot and that's where people could die and you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. but um over there yeah it's just um you know, believe me or not, but like you know, there's etiquette, et- etiquette in there. There's etiquette, you know. So like, the way that you talk to each other, you talk to each other very respectful. Like if you mm-hmm. guys are inmates, like you know, if if I'm trying to get your attention or whatever, you know, like I would say, excuse me, like right, I would be, excuse right. me, or like, you know, you give me something, I would say thank you, right. you know, and like it's just like like proper etiquette. It's right. like. You know, people probably don't think that, right? Like, when they see, like, shit like that in yeah. the media. Yeah, no. But, yeah, it, it, like, for the most part, everyone's pretty friendly, you know? We always say, like, good morning to each other, top of the morning, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, but then, yeah, when there are incidents where, like, something does go wrong, it could get very bad. Right. You know? But for the most part, it's
1: it's pretty controlled. But, yeah. So, like, for the rest of your time in, in prison, were you just pretty much tattooing every single day until i guess the day you got. No, out, i wasn't or? tattooing every single day
2: no so so like like i said i've only tattooed probably like a handful of guys in there mm-hmm. and um i t- i don't even know how long i tattooed for like i've i've tattooed a good amount of time in there because like our sessions like it's very short like we would only get like like one hour two hour windows you know to tattoo right you know, like because every like so often during the day like the guards they walk mm, you know okay, they right, walk right. around and they patrol yeah so we have to kind of like match the timing and we have someone looking out and you know if if they're starting to come around they'll they'll tell <laughs> that, us you know. you know they'll be like walking you know and they'll tell us this, that's pretty much our warning we got to put everything away but yeah dude i don't know how long it took me to do that that homie ben stuff but it, it was it was a pretty it was like i think over the span of like a, a few months you know but yeah i, I wasn't tattooing every day um I was drawing every day. But yeah, after uh after that whole experience um after I got out, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Shit, man, like just the thought of being a felon, you're just like fuck, you know yeah, what do I yeah. do. Yeah. Before I went in like I wasn't doing much either. I was just working like regular jobs. Um you know, I, I did like, you know, I hustled a little bit, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. But, like, I n- never had anything in mind or, like, didn't know what to do. And then, fuck. I mean, I, w- I was, when I got out um, at that time, um, I was living in Long Beach. I was staying with my brother. We had an apartment. Um, and I just, my brother's, like, very heavily tatted, too. Mm-hmm. He, he was getting tattoos since he was, like, I think, like, 16 years old. So he had a lot of tattoos. And he's not scared to get, like, new tattoos. Mm-hmm so um yeah i mean i just like a little short while after i got out we just had the idea like fuck like i wasn't doing anything anyways so um you know i was like yeah let's tattoo you know so basically i went to um i went to this like tattoo warehouse and i just got like a bunch of like equipment you know just Mm -hmm. like it wasn't even like top of the line it was it was really like like low-grade equipment But it's just what I could afford at that time. I didn't really have a lot of money. But, yeah, I got all the equipment. And, um, you know, it's a lot easier than (laughs) what I used in prison. It's a lot (laughs) easier to, like, figure out. But, yeah, yeah. so, um, like, I just started tattooing in my apartment. And, um, you know, I had some friends. um, I was tattooing. I tattooed my brother, tattooed, like, a lot of my friends that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And, you know, they were just all down to get tattooed and i think that's where um you know i was lucky to have that because you know that's a problem with a lot of like um i believe like a lot of tattoo artists that are starting out i mean how are you gonna find people like right yeah. that are gonna trust you like when you're just starting off and, and you, you have, have no have, resume either and like you, you have can't... something on your body forever right? Yeah. so for me i was lucky enough where i had my brother and my close friends that were just like hey man just fucking tattoo me you know like i I don't care like right you know they believed in me and um through that like I was tattooing out of my apartment in Long Beach for about a year mm-hmm. just trying to do things my own and figure things out
1: and I was still right. beginning, you know and um wait so f- for a quick timeline what year was this if you don't mind us asking this was 2000 uh 2012 2012 okay So that's kind of like where you first started, 2012? Yeah, 2012
2: is when I first started, yeah. Gotcha. I don't really
1: really consider, like,
2: what I did in prison as what I started. Like, actually, like, starting, I I think uh, I would consider 2012. How much were you charging for tattoos at that At that time, I was tattooing for free, bro. I was tattooing my my brother, my close homies, like, just to get the experience. Yeah to whatever and then and then from there like i started while i was still at the apartment i was still uh, i started tattooing like like friends of friends Mm -hmm. and like just like people in my network and then that's when i started charging you know but i didn't really charge a lot i I would charge like a hundred bucks a couple hundred bucks for like a session you know Uh just like to do whatever you know
1: that's a bargain now (laughs) yeah Yeah, if you fast
2: forward now like what does that price look like now man um Currently, I I charge $2,000 a session. Jeez. So so I charge a flat rate, and I work with one client a day. Basically, I dedicate my whole day to them, and they just pay me $2,000 for the day. Damn. Uh, The session is usually about a six-hour session, six to eight hours Mm -hmm. of actually tattooing. Dang. Are you taking
0: breaks in between those sessions? I take breaks, yeah.
2: Okay. I take breaks.
0: That's insane.
2: Yeah, but I'm very, like, you know i'm very privileged and honored i'm not honored uh, lucky to to be at this um you know point right. in my life yeah i would have never thought that i would be fucking um tattooing and making this much money and traveling the world and doing this and that you know so, so right what, right
0: what do you think got you to that point i know we yeah, missed okay. this whole story um, here but yeah, so, so what got
2: me to that point was um after I was tattooing in, in uh, out of my apartment in Long Beach, um, I actually uh, went to a shop, you know, to 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 progress, you know. Yeah. So um, I went to a shop called Lowrider Tattoo, and um, they were actually a pretty well known shop at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, don't get me wrong, I I went to like a few different shops, right? That had pretty well, like they were pretty well known, and um man the other shops i went to man they were just so like uh, you could just tell like they weren't that welcoming it was just kind of like i i was walking in and i was i felt like i was just like so like low you know right yeah, like right. They, they they were just like i I would bring like my little portfolio i had that was probably not that good you know but they would just look at it and be like oh you know like kind of like brush me off you know right yeah right. But, but you know i went to lowrider and um what really um pulled me in with them is dude how fucking welcoming they were how like respectful they were how you know like they were just so cool man and even like the the main guy over there jose which he was my mentor Mm -hmm. um in my career but um dude these guys you know they were doing things they were like pretty well-known artists like making some noise and they were just dude man they treated me like like one of them right know? right even like from the time i walked in they were just like very nice you like know? right off the bat huh yeah so um you know i went in with my little portfolio and um i talked to jose and you know he just he treated me like like he treated me with respect also like he just like he didn't look down on me or anything he just spoke to me very kindly and mm-hmm. this and that and he um he didn't tell me yeah you know you can work here you know um so basically, like w- w- what I was going for was like to apprentice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, when you apprentice, everything is on you, you know. So, yeah, it wasn't like he he was like, yeah, you know, come here tomorrow and you start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know what he told me was, hey, you know, like, why don't you just like start coming around the shop, you know, and um, you know, get acquainted with everyone. Yeah. You know this and that. It wasn't even like a for sure thing, you know. So I started going there like every day, and then um. I went there every day and um, just started getting more acquainted with all the other artists, which I learned from. Also, they they were mm-hmm. also my mentors too, you know. But um, I ended up becoming an apprentice, you know, just going there like very persistently every right. day. I would just spend all day there, drawing, cleaning the shop, whatever, you know, whatever they needed. And it was tough because you know I wasn't making any money at that. I, I had like no money back then, mm-hmm. you know. And even, like, when I was tattooing in my apartment, I wasn't really making that much money, right? Right, right. So I didn't make money for, like, a good, like, couple years, man. And, yeah, after that, I started making a little bit of money just right. when I started getting good at it.
1: And for the listeners who don't know, I mean, it's very fortunate to be connected to somebody like Jose, right? Because I yeah. know because I've obviously got tattoos before, and he's very well-known in the industry he's as an He's a artist. very
2: well-known guy. He's um basically, he's... Like a one of the pioneers, right. um, I would say in this genre of tattoo, mm-hmm. like black and gray, like, um, and um, he's considered like a legend. Um, he's, you know, when people like, I, I'm sure you guys know who like Mr. Cartoon is, but mm-hmm. you know when yeah. people mention Mr. Cartoon, yeah, he's 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 a, a pioneer. He he did a lot for us, you know, right? And um, he still does a lot for us. You know, but Jose's is kind of a, a a guy like him, you mm-hmm. know. That doesn't have as much publicity, but yeah, Jose is still, you know, he, he, you know, he deserves a a lot, a lot of uh, recognition too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, he, you know, he has a crazy story, um, too, you know, like, like he's one guy that, um, really like he inspired me, not, not just in tattooing, but in life. But, um, you know, he, he, he was, um, he's in a wheelchair right now. But he was shot, um, when he was 15 and he got paralyzed, you know? And, um, you know, from then, you know, imagine when, if you're, when you're 15, you get shot and paralyzed and you can't use anything below your waist, like how like fucking bad would that feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he, you know, I know he went through like a dark time in his life after that, but, um, you know, I think what, what, um, gave him, uh, what's that word? Like... What, like hope or yeah, I guess motivation. yeah. What gave him hope or yeah? It, it, he started drawing and he started drawing a lot and tattooing and and I think that's what he found his um escaping, you mm-hmm. know, right? Like something that like filled a void. And you know, he he used to tell me like he would just like lock himself in his room and draw all day whatever. And you know, dude, he he's a really good artist, man. Like really dope drawer, yeah. tattooer. But yeah, I mean just um based off that you know like being in his situation and just going through life like you gain so much like wisdom and knowledge and he's he really loves to like um he really l- likes to gain knowledge like mm-hmm. he he has a very open mind to like learn and everything and you know through him like like he's helped me get through some tough times and you know he was a big inspiration you know as far as just in life goes you right. know you have to have a real positive outlook on life to like kind of like go through like those very 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 dark times you right know? so yeah for me uh, I was lucky enough to like get close with him he's my he's my friend my, I consider him like a brother he's my mentor and and through like working with lowrider and him is how I kind of came to where I'm at right now right because um you know I was already a part of this shop that was kind of well known and at that time when I first started there they were doing a lot of campaigns like overseas mm-hmm. like in London like Europe and stuff like that doing right. the conventions and I started I was able to start tra- traveling with them you know um, I started going like the first place I went internationally was London and then from there it just fucking opened the doors for everything I I started going like to so many places with him and just throughout the time um, throughout the years like this is when like Instagram was first Mm -hmm. like popping too, you know, and just like me posting all that content of traveling and tattooing and started getting me a lot, a lot more like, like people were looking at me more like this kid traveling with Jose and and these guys and tattooing overseas. And that's what kind of got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And I started getting really busy and started tattooing and started getting booked out this and that. And, um, later on down the line i was able to tattoo like some big name right. guys you know yeah. 10 yeah and then that kind of like solidified
1: you know Dang. right everything and so the the big name guy i mean i know you're a very uh humble humble person <laughs> <laughs> you know i know i brought it up to you during our session yeah. too but it is incredible to see because like you said when you first started you were literally doing it in your apartment barely yeah. charging anything and then now you're making good amount of money traveling the world tattooing yeah. and in the process you had the opportunity to tattoo famous celebrities for example you know like Justin Bieber and then uh, Drama recently yeah. too and I'm sure there's a couple others as well and yeah, so a couple athletes I tattooed yeah. too and so like what kind of gave you the opportunity to to do that because I know for a lot of artists right mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing they need is exposure like you said and you had that through um, Lowrider Tattoos yeah. and then um, it's also tattooing people who can give you additional exposure on top of that which is like the celebrities as well so if you could kind of talk a little bit about that
2: um with him um so for justin bieber um i i I tattooed his really good friend before that uh a guy named josh and he's a really cool guy he reached out to me he you know like i guess he knew about you know my work and stuff and so I, i started tattooing him and got closer to him and you know, one day um, I was tattooing him, and he was Facetiming with Justin Bieber, <laughs> and, and then that's, that's how I kind of met. Him. Okay. You know, that's where I first met Justin. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we just we just said what's up and stuff, and you know, he he knew I was the one doing his work. But anyways, um, after that, they had um, reached out to me one time, and they had asked me if I wanted to tattoo him like his torso, he had some stuff on his, like front of his body Mm -hmm. and he wanted to fill everything else up. So they had asked me if I was willing to do that. And, um, I told him, yeah, of course, you know? So I put together a little design for them, uh, sent it to them, you know, they liked it. But at that time, the timing was really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure with him, his schedule is like pretty crazy too. And for me, I was traveling a lot during that time. And this was like right before I was traveling. I think I forgot if I was going to Hong Kong or somewhere. But I was right about to go on a trip. So that time actually didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, he ended up getting tattooed by... He gets tattooed by a bunch of different guys. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting tattooed by one of his like uh, artists that he goes to a lot. So after that, um, I didn't really expect anything else after that. But um, you know, I think a few months down the line, maybe even more, they had hit me up again. And, um, man, I was freaking, <laughs> so I, I was, I was driving to the shop. I was uh-huh. driving to work that day. It was like 12 o'clock, I think. And I had an appointment, um, that was waiting for me there. And th- I think this was on a Thursday and they reached out and they're like, Hey, uh, Justin wants to know if you want to, um, fly out to Utah with him and, and tattoo him for the weekend.
0: Damn.
2: <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and i was like damn you know like i was like yeah of course like i wanted to you know yeah um but i had like appointments like that day and then friday too and so i was like yeah um let me let me try to figure this out you know and i was like when are you guys trying to leave and they were like like 3 p.m and it was like 12 p.m <laughs> i was like oh shit and they're like yeah we'll send over a driver to pick you up and this yeah. and that so man i was just Trying, I went to the shop. I, I told my client, hey, man. So, luckily, these clients were local okay. guys I've yeah, worked right. on before. Yeah. I have a lot of out of town clients too, you know. But um, luckily, yeah, they were from around there. And um, I told them, you know, sorry, I got this opportunity. Like, yeah. do you mind? And they're like, nah, no, go for it, you know? Hell yeah, go for it. And my client for Friday too, he was like, go for it. So, I was like, all right, cool. So, I told them, I'm good. I'm yeah. going to go. I don't know if I could make it by 3 p.m. though, because I had to like <laughs> literally like get all my equipment, pack it up, go back home, pack, yeah. Yeah. you know, this and that. So basically, I did everything in a hurry and then they, you know, they gave me a little bit more time because mm-hmm. um, they were flying out on, on, on a private jet. Right. So I don't think they had like a real like time restraint. Yeah. So yeah, they gave me a little bit of time and then, um and then yeah, they sent a driver over and <laughs> picked funny. me up. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> this is happening. And then, what was so funny is like I was such in a rush, I forgot like some items. Uh-huh. So, dude, on the way to, we uh, I think we flew out of Van, of Van Nuys, but on the way to Van Nuys from Orange County to Van Nuys, we stopped by like two. I told the driver to stop by like two <laughs> tattoo shops, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I needed like certain things, yeah, man, dude. And then, um, yeah, so we stopped by two tattoo shops, and then, um, you know, I asked. Those guys, if I can get this, if I could buy these off of you, I yeah. just need, like, for a couple sessions, you know? But, yeah, anyways, I made it. We made it on the plane, and then, yeah, I, I hopped in the plane. I, I walked in the plane, and he was sitting yeah. right there, and he was like, what's it's up, crazy. you know? And it was just, it, it was cool. You know, at that time, it was kind of like, um, like, it was just, like, kind of normal at the time. Like, I, I wasn't, like, I didn't, like, think about it too much. Yeah, Yeah. You know, so it was pretty chill, but it was just after the fact. Where like after I got back from Utah and after I tattooed him, I was like, damn, I just tattooed this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. You damn. know, and then like all my friends and everything were like, damn, you just tattooed this guy. Like, yeah. you know, it's 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 a pretty big thing, you know. Right. But um, yeah, man, he was a cool guy. Hell yeah! Cool what guy. piece
0: did you uh, do for him?
2: I did a um, I did a piece on his upper arm, which is an angel, clock, and rose. Angel. And, right, and I, I did like these it, yeah. these two yeah. guns inside of his arm, but yeah. yeah. But yeah it was a good time good experience um, we got to stay in Utah um, I believe it was uh, Deer Valley we went to the montage
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, just, just beautiful beautiful like scenery and I was just yeah it was cool it was like yeah. VIP treatment I was like fuck this is this is crazy. crazy so <laughs> was was he your first celebrity that you got to work on he was my first like big celebrity yeah dang I haven't really tattooed much I mean just I, I think I attached a couple, couple of celebrities, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was definitely like, you know, it was kind of crazy. Um, I think like, yeah, I, I think one time when I was on the plane, I think I had this like moment though. I was like, Dad, how the fuck am I here? <laughs> like, I was yeah. just like that. And I was just thinking about like everything I've, I've done and um, all the work I have put in. And I was like, Damn, you know, like I kind of like realized because I, n- I never like like throughout my career, like it, oh, man, dude, my to be honest, bro, like it's it's been s- s- I don't want to say a blur, but it's just like you don't know how busy I am. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like I never get a chance or got a chance to like look back like before that, you know, right. before that time when I was just like look back and like see everything that I've <coughs> done to like get to that point. Right, but um, yeah, it it just I just had a realization that hey, maybe I'm doing something right, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) (laughs) like just now. Maybe (laughs) maybe I'm doing something right, and um, yeah, you know, it's just it's it's good to kind of like um, sometimes it's good to kind of like look back and kind of give yourself credit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe um, you know, there's some people that are very like give themselves too much credit, yes people with a lot of ego and i think you should find a good balance you know you should know that um I mean, honestly you're no one special you mm-hmm. know you're yeah. just like everyone else <laughs> right right but you're just on this journey in life and you're hustling and grinding and trying to make the most of it and you know yeah man it's it's crazy i, I definitely believe like in anything you do in life um like whatever you put in is really what what you get out of it and Mm -hmm. um like i mentioned this before and like other things but you know like you know throughout life like growing up and stuff i always hear people say oh give it a hundred percent and i always hear these sayings or these inspirational sayings and i never like really like realized what that meant until like i actually went through it right and i could sit here and you know tell you for myself hey you know like This is what it actually takes to get where you want to go. And, you know, it's not easy. And, you know, that's the problem. Too many people nowadays, they're looking for, like, quick come-ups, overnight overnight success, success, quick come-ups, you know. And what you get is what you put in, you know, like, for longevity, you know, for success. Like, dude, like, it's just
1: you putting in that fucking work, bro. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, dang. So, like, the entire process, right? What were some of the uh, challenges? Because, I mean, just hearing you talk about it, it just sounds like such a, a long journey of getting to where you are today, right? What were, what were the... Like, the challenges from all this, um, like, trying to grow this tattoo business? Because for people who are unfamiliar with the industry, yeah. they might just think, okay, I just need to get clients, right? But there could be a whole backstory, like you said, the networking, you know, taking the time yeah. to, to travel, fly to different places, yeah. grow your clientele. and so. Well, I
2: mean, you're not going to get clients unless you're doing good work or mm. even decent work. That's why I say, like, for me, one of the challenges you might have is that, right? right? But for me, like I said earlier, I was lucky enough to have a strong support mm-hmm. system, you know, like my friends and my brother and stuff like that, that were willing to, to kind of go with me through that process to kind of learn right right yeah so um, that's one of the challenges Um, other challenges is just like kind of like especially when you start out you're not always going to do the greatest tattoo right but you just got to keep pushing you just got to keep you know just on to the next you know the mindset you should have is when you're tattooing is that um, every tattoo that you do the next tattoo you do should be better than the last Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and that's how you should really like grow you got to be around the right people you got to be around people that know what they're doing people that are better than you because um you know you pick up game from them and you apply it to yourself and Mm -hmm. when you're tattooing you apply whatever technique or however you want this to look and Mm -hmm. that to look you apply it and you learn through that other challenges might do like when you start out, don't expect to make a whole lot of money. You can yeah. make a whole lot of money later, but you got to put in the footwork. You got to be very persistent. A lot of people when they start out tattooing, they're not as driven. You need you need a, a very big drive cuz it's not easy. It's not like you're just fucking sitting here t- like drawing on someone. It's right. it's a whole other thing to it too, you know? You're like working on on a person's skin and you know, you're going to overthink things and you know, it's just a whole mental game too. You know you gotta you gotta get through that and just even like putting in the time you know don't don't ever like uh short yourself or short your client yeah. you know like for me i think uh one of the biggest reasons i grew was because i was tattooing i was doing these sessions and i was tattooing for a really long time right in these sessions and learning and taking my time to try to learn and yeah i mean through all that you grow you know yeah so yeah, it's not an easy thing. I mean, whoever's thinking about starting a tattoo now, um, first of all, it's a total different industry than what yeah. it was even like five years ago. Like everyone's trying to tattoo now and um, you're not going to reach success overnight. It's harder to gain clients now than mm-hmm. it was before It's because there's so many artists that are available. It's harder right. to gain a big following now than it was like five years ago. Right. Just because social media is all like whacked out, <laughs> yeah. But but I guarantee you, you know, like that. If you just pursue this, this is what you want to do, and you give it all your effort, and you just you know put your head down and grind, and just just fucking sit through that whole process, and you know be willing to be patient, and you know be willing to be patient with people. Yeah, I mean you you'll you'll get yourself there. Oh, make yeah. make sure you're make sure you're you know you're also honing your craft, you know, just,
1: yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. So from like a business perspective, now that you have your brand and everything built up, what do you feel like the next steps for you are, or are you actually, do you feel like you've peaked out? No, I haven't peaked
2: out. Um, I think it's limitless, Mm -hmm. like whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Like if I'm doing tattooing or you guys, or you're doing clothing or whatever, man, the, the, the skies, I mean, it's limitless bro like for me even myself like I don't really even have considered like myself to have a brand my brand is just me you know like me as a tattoo artist but yeah like my plans, like you know I want to open up a a shop a big studio and Mm -hmm. you know you know maybe I'll be doing that with my 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 mentor you know my, my old boss right um but yeah there's so much things that we could even do with just that you know just um opening up a big space and doing different things in that space and yeah even just like creatively like working with other brands you know doing this I mean look at Cartoon look at what yeah. he does man he's he's done so much like things you would never think about a, for a tattoo artist to do right you know, design shoes with Nike yeah. and yeah. make fucking Rams uh, the football team helmets right the right. designs or whatever you know like it's crazy so as an artist like I mean I'm a tattoo artist but I'm an artist at the same time and there's
1: like so much you can do you Mm -hmm. know yeah Yeah. so if we could ask what is you know your 20 factor what is the motivation that is highly responsible for you continuing this craft and getting through the dark times and getting through all the the fucking bullshit that you had to go through and overcome in the past to get to where you are today um so there's a difference between like you know you're always gonna have different motivations right
2: Mm -hmm. but I think what really got me to the point of reaching like somewhat success in my career is um, very hard times. Very so I don't want to sound like cliche because <laughs> I know a lot of people say this, but you no, know, you gotta have drive, right? So it's one thing to have drive, but you gotta know like where that drive comes from, mm-hmm. right? Like what lights that fire, right? right? And um, for me, it, a dr- the drive can be different for everyone. But for me personally, uh, my drive was like many things from the past. Um, you know, things I weren't happy about with myself, Mm -hmm. um, maybe like relationships I've been in where, you know, I was at a really dark time in my life after those relationships where like, I was just a really sad person and Mm -hmm. tried to find some kind of like, um, escape through, through this craft. Right. And, um, you know, um trying to prove something to myself trying to prove i don't i don't want to sound stupid man but i'm gonna just be real right so like i went through like you know before before i started tattooing i went through that episode of like you know like prison and fighting a case and all that but you know that that was also like my drive too from where i came from right but you know one thing that i now that i look back that i can kind of like say is that like in the beginning of my career, like I, I had got out of this like relationship, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was with this chick. Yeah. And um, man, dude, like I was so fucking like devastated from that right, shit. Right. Right. You know, and you know, dude, like like heartbreak hurts.
1: Yeah. I don't 100%. care
2: how fucking strong of a man you right, are, right. you're not gonna sit here and tell me, hey, heartbreak doesn't hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. That shit hurts, and sometimes you're at a really low point in your life, and um you know like I was at a really low point at, in my life and this was the beginning of my career beginning of when I started at lowrider mm-hmm. you know and that's why I say Jose he was there for me a lot he gave me a lot of like inspiration like you know he told me a lot of inspirational things but anyways so yeah um, I remember when I when I was starting off my career and I was I was going through this like really dark time and I was like fuck I felt so like lost or so, like whatever empty and I was like fuck you know I was uh trying to find like some kind of um redemption through tattooing so i remember like when i was first started doing like these pieces i would tell myself in my head "Hey, like fucking do the best you could on this we try to do the the best piece and kill this piece because like you don't know who's gonna see it and like for me like i wanted to be like undeniable you know i i kind of came out of this like Relationship, I got into a dark point. I felt rejected. Right, right. right. I felt rejected, and um, I wanted to find redemption through that. So I wanted to become undeniable as an artist. So where like anyone that ever had like any doubt in me, like I can prove them wrong. Right, right. You know, and that was kind of like my mentality. You know, I wanted to prove people wrong. Anyone who ever had any doubt, like in my past, even when I was a kid or whatever. And that's what kind of drove me for a little while, and after some time, it got to a point where I started like realizing that I should do this for myself, yeah. you know. So I started doing it for myself, and it was just a nonstop fucking ride, you know. Like um, from that, I I went into just you know working every day, like um, and then I would find different. Uh, motivation to see like I, I would just say oh how good can i do this piece right, or right. how sick can i make this piece now or like how happy can i make my client you know like to be honest like what i do like i do this every day so it's like second nature to me but I, um sometimes you know i forget like that dude i'm i'm really doing this for this person and mm-hmm. um it's impacting them you know right so um i really try to like keep that in mind like i've worked on a lot of clients and you know even the stories that they tell me you know inspires me or even like what they tell me how the tattoo affected them right you know and their life makes me feel good mm-hmm. you know and it, at that point i'm no longer doing it for myself right i'm doing it for other people yeah and that's what makes me like really happy at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know like even if i die I don't want to sound all fucking, like, a lot, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if I die, like, I know that a part of me still lives on with, right. like, other people. 900%. You know? hundred percent. And that I I was able to do that. And, um, yeah, man, a, a lot of that stuff just should
1: just keep you going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's real, bro. And, like, any man who fucking says that a girl's heartbreak has never impacted them is full of shit, you know? Because, I mean, like, it's crazy, especially when you're younger, too. Yeah. It's wild how, like, something like that could really be that initial fuel that drives you to try to better yourself, right? And you can see that every day with people yeah. at the gym, too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. always yeah. after a heartbreak where of people are fucking on this new level. They're where they on a this, tear, dude. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, that internal drive. But it's, like, I got to fucking prove something now. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I know I could relate to you in yeah. that story, bro. Like, because, fuck, I- I've been heartbroken, too, man. It's, yeah. like, the first one always hurts the most. Yeah. But that's yeah. also where you challenge yourself and see how much you can accomplish and so, you know, I think that was, that was real and honest and
2: some of the greatest, uh, like, music artists, you know, they, yeah. they, they base their whole career off of fucking heartbreak. Yep. You know? Exactly. It's like, look, look how big they fucking get yeah. and it's just, yeah, man, like, it's just emotions that we go through as a human and, I don't care how big badass you are, you're not You're not going to fucking sit here and tell me, oh, like, girl can't break my heart. Right, right. You know, I can't go through this fucking dark time with it, dude. Yeah. It's just bullshit, man. You know, us, us as men, like, we're vulnerable to fucking right. girls, you know? Like, we're, like, they see sides of us that everyone doesn't see. Right. And, you know, shit like that. So it's like, yeah, man, I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful emotion <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. It's a
2: powerful emotion, but you should use that emotion to accomplish great things. Right. You know, you shouldn't use that emotion to be like self destructive or like to fucking justify, you know, to be a reason for you to do like these bad things or other things. You know, you should use that fucking energy to like really push you towards where you're trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. You know?
1: Hundred percent.
2: But yeah, man. Hell yeah. That's a, that's a big uh big driving force right there. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing yeah, no your experiences <laughs> and everything. And I think that's about the time we have for the podcast today. But before we go, um, are you booking new clients Is if people yeah. are, listening, are trying to book you? Um, I am booking new
2: clients, but um, my, my wait is right now until like uh, June next year. What? So... You Good know, luck, that's people. that's, <laughs> that's no, nah, that's the biggest thing. If people are willing to wait, I'm 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 I'll, I will be more than glad to work with them. Where yeah. where can they find
0: you? or Where can they book that appointment?
2: You know what? Most of my stuff is on Instagram. It's uh, Chris okay. Chris Crooked at Chris, at, Crooked at Chris Crooked. Yeah, C H R I okay. S C R O O K E D. Okay. But um, if you go on my page, then um, all the booking information will be there.
1: Stuff yeah. like that. And uh, as a personal. Uh, What do you call it? Personal review, personal uh, (laughs) testimonial (laughs) right here. The wait is worth it. You know, I've gotten artwork from Chris and I've gotten a lot of compliments, you know, every day when I go to the gym and stuff. And he spends a lot of time and effort into your piece and he really talks to you about it. And it it does take some time, but I mean, it's all worth it, right? Because this shit's permanent. So you won't be disappointed. That's crazy though. Next year, June. Yeah. Next year, June. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to get like leg pieces or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. For sure. Hell yeah. But yeah,
2: thanks for having me, guys, for for real. Uh, thanks yeah, for joining you us. Know, keep, keep it up with, with all this too, man, you know?
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, well, if that's it for this one. We're out. Peace. All later. later. And on one final note, just wanted to remind everybody that brand new episodes are released every
0: Monday at 8.20 a.m. And while I still have your attention, if you've been enjoying these episodes, I just want to let you know that you can actually support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. You can go as low as 99 cents for a monthly contribution of all the way up to 9.99. We don't make any money right now, but every little bit helps, and we appreciate any and all support. Thank you so much.